Very excited about today. We are beginning a new journey. Actually, I'm not going to say beginning a new journey. We're just taking uh, another road going towards our destination. Amen? Amen. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything uh, surprising, but uh, I hope it is something that's challenging, convicting, but yet also encouraging to us today. You know, I began to uh, think about something as we were going into finishing up our faith series. Did, did God speak to anybody during our faith series? I know God spoke to me. I, I don't know about you guys. Sometimes, actually every time, y'all need to realize this real fast. I get preached to before y'all get preached to, okay? <laughs> God preaches the message to me, and I just kind of deliver it out to you guys. So I got hit uh, real hard all the time. And it's, and it's amazing to me that God is faithful in that, that oftentimes he allows me, I always say allow because I could always use the word makes me, but uh, he allows me to go through things in order that I might truly understand what it is he's teaching his people. Uh, because I'm still part of his people, right? Y'all understand that, right? <laughs> he's still working on me. I ain't no finished product. My wife can tell you that for sure. But we've been going through this incredible uh, series that God walked us through, this, these five elements of faith where we learn that faith is not just something that we use to conjure or manipulate God into doing what we want him to do, but it is a standard by which we live our life in a way that hopefully our life will far outlive our physical presence here on earth, right? The testimony of how we lived. And so we looked at faith being um, belief. It is never, it is always more than belief, but it's never less than belief. Belief is always the beginning of faith. Trust, learning who to trust, how to trust, and what trust looks like. Then we looked at obedience, right? We looked at obedience and how simple obedience is, the, is, is a declaration to the world of your faith. And we also learned that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we learned that our faith can and should um, be the evidence to other people of what we believe, right? Our faith isn't just evidence to us, but it's for others, right? So we learned that obedience does that. We learned risk, how to live a risky life. I think God really uh, spoke to me during that week, um, challenged me to kind of up my faith game, right? Everybody's got a faith game. And uh, I wonder how, uh, where yours is on the levels. You got a pretty weak faith game or how's your faith game? Mine's, mine's growing, right? And the Bible teaches us that we can grow in faith, right? The faith is not something you receive and then that's your level and that's all you get. Faith is something that you're given a certain measure of, amen? The Bible teaches us that God gives every man a certain measure of faith. Now, what we do with that faith and how we grow in that is on us, much like the parable of the talents, Right? God gave to everybody a certain measure, those three men, and what they did with it was on them. Some people, one guy went and hit his faith, went and hit his talent. Y'all, anybody maybe live? Don't raise your hand. We don't want to call you out. Maybe you're a, a, a secret faith kind of person, you know? Uh, and, and so you do that out of um, fear of whether what you think, they think, others think. And so, but then the other two, they took what God gave them, multiplied it, and grew it into um, something greater than what he gave them. And that's what we can do with the faith that God gives us, amen? I wanna be a man of great faith. And we learned in our faith lessons that the measurement of faith is not in concordance to the great task that you accomplish, but rather how long you can walk in that task. Like the Lord says, do not grow weary in well-doing. 
Amen? We want to be people who can last long, not ascend to a really high point and then just fall off, right? Y'all seems, y'all, y'all, anybody got like one of those bands in your repertoire? All they have, y'all call them one hit wonders. You know, like they hit it big with that one jam, right? You know, wham, you know, like the group wham, like that. They had a one hit wonder and you don't hear anything else from them, right? We don't want to be one hit wonder Christians. You know, like, man, I remember when, when Shelly did this, but, but we've seen her lately. Like, where is she at? I don't know what happened to her. And so we don't want to be those Christians. We want to walk in this thing for enduring, right? Because the Bible teaches us that those that endure to the end, those are the ones that will be saved, right? And so we want our faith to endure, amen? And then we looked at the last week where we looked at allegiance and being completely devoted to him and how that, that is the word faithful is not full of this mysterious, uh, ethereal type of substance called faith, but it is being faithful, loyal, having fidelity in Christ. Like, and so we want to be faithful people in our life. And then I begin to ask the Lord, you know, we're going into this season of this Christmas season and, you know, everyone that comes to, you know, we got, everybody heard of these Christians? You got Easter Christmas Christians, you know, like, you know, people really show up for Easter, but then they you miss them the rest of the year and then they show up again for Christmas. And so I know that most of the time people that come on these days are expecting, you know, to hear about the Christmas story. And I want to, I want to honor that because it is this time where we should remember. Um, and so we are going to start this journey called, go to the next slide, Caleb, called Prepare. Oh, go to the next one. Sorry. We'll come back to that in just a second. Called Prepare the Way. Getting ready for what's coming. Y'all understand, right, that there was this long process of God preparing man and the world for the coming of his son, right? It wasn't just like off of the cuff. God was in heaven. It was like, all right, right now, we're just gonna send you and go. You know, like there was a lot of preparation. There was a lineage that was chosen. There was an entire nation of people that was chosen from which the lineage would come through. And then God preserved that lineage and those people. And then all of these things happened. And if you read through the Old Testament, you'll see miracle after miracle in which God performed in order to preserve the line from which Jesus Christ would come. And then he sent prophets If you read in the Old Testament, he sent prophets to give promises and prophecies of this great arrival of the king. They were preparing the way for Christ to be introduced to human history. It wasn't done off of a whim or some crazy last minute thought that, you know, a way we could do this is I can send my son to die. The Bible says that that was the cross was promised and and founded before the foundations of the world were laid. So there was a preparation process. And here is where I felt the Lord having me and helping me to tie in where we just came from into where we are going. This idea of preparing the way and what does preparing the way look like? Not just for we're going to talk about the great coming of the king. Everybody believes in the rapture, right? Like we don't, we don't, everybody in this church believes that there is one day coming a day when the sky will part and he will step out one foot on the mountain and one foot over here and declare and blast the trumpet saying it is my time to now reign again as the all supreme over everything, putting everything back in its place. We all believe that, right? And so we are to be in that vein and on that level, much like the prophet or the um, 
John the Baptist. The Bible called him and declared that he was the voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. And he was talking about the coming of Jesus and there is a second coming. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you, I could stop right there and we could preach just a little bit. Actually, what I would do on that level is I would stop and let my dad preach on that one. My dad can preach revelation and the coming of Jesus better than anyone I've ever met. And But there is coming a day, church. We ain't living simply out of a, a, a look back at the cross. That's where we get our power from. But we're living with a hope and a glance and a vision towards the future that there is a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. Understand this. The kingdom of God is coming our way. And there is only one thing we can do prepare the way of that arrival. But there's also some other preparation we have, right? We ain't just preparing the way of the coming of the king and all that stuff, but there are things in life that God has called you to, ordained for you to accomplish, and has coming your way that you are to be preparing for. Understand this, write this down. You're always preparing for something, even if you're preparing for nothing. You're always preparing for something, even if you're preparing for nothing, because that statement alone tells you what you're preparing for. Nothing. If you're not preparing for something, you're preparing for nothing. And if in your life lately, you feel like you've been getting a bunch of nothing, the Lord told me to tell you, look around and ask yourself, what am I preparing for? We are to be preparing for something. So, so here's, here's what I, I was thinking about as I got ready for this over the last couple of weeks and specifically this week. Um, there are two types of people in the world, people who are prepared and people who are unprepared, right? And sometimes we like to make fun of the people that are prepared, don't we? You know what I mean? Y'all ever seen them? Um, what are those people called that, uh, huh? Doomsday preppers. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Doomsday preppers. That's a lot harder to say than you think. I almost, I did mess it up. Doomsday preppers. You know, they, 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 they hoard a bunch of waters and barrels and dry goods and canned foods. They got pantries inside their house. Some of them even bury uh, like little shelters in the ground because, you know, nuclear war, it could happen. And then you're stuck. What are you going to do? You're going to go in the bunker. That's what you're going to do. Um, I've often thought about buying a little, you know, short bus and buried it in my yard. You know, I could kind of go down at it trying to figure this stuff out. But, but the problem is, there's a problem with my idea. I'm not a preparer. Now, when it comes to my ministry, I prepare quite extensively. But when it comes to my daily life, I'm not a preparer at all. Case in point, if you show up at my house, at 7 a.m. in the morning on a Monday morning, you would swear up and down that our family did not ever expect Monday to show up. <laughs> We're surprised. Like, it, is, it, it confuses me when you roll over at 7 a.m. and it's Monday morning. You're like, oh, it's Monday. What? When did this happen? I didn't lay out the kids' clothes. I didn't lay out my clothes. I don't even know what I'm wearing. I don't know. We, didn't, we did nothing. Did nothing. My son is in there in the laundry room just throwing clothes up. Like, I can't find no joggers because that's the only thing he'll wear, right? That's the only thing my son will wear. He won't wear pants. He won't wear nothing. Joggers all day, every day. But if he can't find them, he'll spend all morning trying to find them. And so Monday mornings, 
we ain't prepared. I don't know if your house is like that, but maybe, but maybe, maybe you're one of these people because I had a friend of mine who would literally lay out every outfit he was gonna wear for the week on Sunday morning. He would lay it out for every day. Now, I made fun of him for that. But, yes, and he was kid-free. I'm gonna say that. But at the same time, he, was, he never lived in a sense of hurriedness because he was always prepared. Always prepared. I show up to a job site with my dad. I've been working with, with him here lately. Um, I show up in, you know, sweats, a shirt, some shoes, not work boots. My mom yelled at me about that. Apparently, you're supposed to wear work boots on the job. I'm like, why? They cover my feet, so do my shoes. You know, like, quit judging me. I show up. I'm not ready to work. My dad comes out there. He's got every tool laid out. He's over there polishing some of them, you know, really cleaning them, getting them ready for the day. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what, what, what was that? Was I supposed to come ready for this? I didn't know. I was just showing up. I thought showing up was enough. And some of us treat life like that. Showing up's enough. I ain't prepared for it. Some of us treat our ministry like that. Uh-oh, leaders in the room. Some of us treat our ministry like that. We ain't going to prepare for it. We're going to show up and trust God. Amen? We're going to have faith. God going to work it out. And and if he does it, we'll blame him. And he's like, you had all week to prepare. You had all week to prepare. Uh, Other people, maybe not in ministry, maybe you're at your job. And you know a big project's coming up. You've had all week to prepare, all month to prepare. You show up, and then you're shocked when things don't go right. Because you weren't prepared for what you had to do. We should be always looking ahead and preparing for what. And some of us might think that that is a lack of faith. I'm here to challenge that. I think that if you prepare as if what God says is going to happen is actually going to happen, that is an extension of your faith. A lack of preparation, on the other hand, would to me show forth a characteristic of doubting whether that's really going to happen. Because you ain't preparing like it's going to happen. Here's my point. When God called us to minister and start a church in Kingsport, do we think that God just meant for us to start a church in Kingsport? Or does, do we really think that what God started, he plans to grow, he plans to provide for, he plans to use, and he plans to do great things with? Now, are we preparing like that's the case? Are we preparing like that's the case? Because as we're going to see, I believe this, that in order for us to get ready for what's coming, we must prepare as though we are confident that it is coming. Amen? Everybody follow me so far. Go to the next, next, next thing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, right? We're going to start where we ended, and then we're going to end where we're going. Amen? So by faith, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. God told him something's going to happen. You ain't ever seen it happen. You don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. So God said something's going to happen, and Noah's response to that word from God is, I got to get ready for it. I got to get ready for it. 
Now, God has saved you, redeemed you, secured you, and called you to be a witness for him to all the world, starting here and expanding on out, as the Great Commission says. Now, if he told you something for you to do, given you a task to undertake, are you preparing for that task? Are you preparing for that task? God gives you a promise that if you pray in faith believing, asking in my name, it shall be done. Now, when you pray, do you then live as though you're preparing as though the answer is actually going to happen? Or do we pray for the best and prepare for the worst? Amen. That's what we've been taught, right? Hope for the best, get ready for the worst. Well, I believe that to be a sound and, and, and sobering uh, idea in the physical world, but we don't operate in faith in the physical world. Faith is a spiritual concept. We understand that, right? As much as I like to give and God does give us some practical things to do with faith, faith is first and ultimately a spiritual concept. So we can live our life. No, I'm not saying don't put money in savings and prepare for a bad day. That's not smart. I'm not going to ever teach that. Let's be wise stewards, right? But when God gives you a promise, when God says something, we don't hope for that to happen, but then live like it may not. Mm. But that is what we do. But that is what we do. But Noah being warned of God of things that are yet to be seen. In reverent fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. So concept one is that your preparation can be the thing that saves your family. Your preparation can be the thing that saves your family. And what did we say at the beginning? You're always preparing for something, even if it's nothing. There is no such thing as I'm, 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 I'm not preparing for anything. I'm just kind of being neutral. How, how, about, how about if Noah did that? What if Noah would have done that? All right, God, you said there's a flood coming. I have faith that it is coming, but I'm going to live my life as though it may not come. I'm going to keep living normal, working, you know, hoarding up. Let's put some stuff in savings. Let's keep building my home here on the earth. Let's maybe add an addition to it. Let's keep working. And then if you do rain, then God, you provide the ark. Some of y'all got that. Some of y'all are like, okay, that makes sense because that's been how I've been living. God, you said for me to start this church. And so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to start the church and, and then I'm just going to, you know, if you build it, then okay. But we're going we're gonna to live like maybe it won't happen. God, you told me to do this, but you know what? I, I'm going to, you know what? If that's what you want done, I'm going to have faith that you'll just make it happen. When the floods come, I'm going to have this enormous amount of faith that a boat will appear. God's like, no, I need you to be part of this process. Prepare for what I told you is coming. Right? Case in point, there's another story in the Old Testament where the Lord said, hey, rain's coming. Your men are thirsty. The men of God have been at war. Your horses are thirsty and you're praying for rain. Now, I'm going to provide you rain, but you need to prepare. You need to prepare. How do you prepare? I need you to dig ditches all in this valley. Dig the ditches in this valley. Make this whole valley a big ditch. But wait a minute. Working 
while dehydrated makes you more dehydrated. So what we'll do is we'll have faith that God's gonna do what he said he's gonna do, but we're not gonna put ourselves in a bad position. Oh, come on, somebody. We're not gonna put ourselves in a bad position because what if the rain doesn't come? So we're just gonna trust that when God pours out the rain, he's also gonna allow the rain to just sit on top of the ground to where I can access it. And God says, no, no, I told you, rain's coming, dig a ditch, prepare for it, get ready for it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Everybody say, get ready. ready. Everybody say, get ready real big. There we go. I was hoping somebody say, get ready real big. I thought it would be funny. You just going to, aren't you? But your faith, your faith is shown in your preparation. Just like Noah's faith. In reverent fear, he moved to prepare an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, by what? By his preparation. By his preparation, he condemned the world. Why? Because when you begin to act out of faith in a way of preparing as though what God says is actually going to happen, you condemn those who continue to live in the lifestyle as though, okay, we're hearing the word, but we're not going to prepare as though what you're saying is true. And you put them to shame, not in a judgmental way, but in a way that shows them you know what? You could have built an ark too. Because here's what, here's, what, here's what we need to understand. And this is maybe just my concept. I'm going to read something into this. You have a problem with it. Come to me after service. Don't stand up and rebuke me. Okay? It says that he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Sometimes we like to teach Noah like he built this giant ark to the saving of the world. But no, his preparation was always intended to save his family. Some of y'all, I heard a man preach the other day. Me and my wife are sitting there listening to him. Some of y'all need to begin building something that is just for your family, not for exclusionary purposes, but so that your family gets involved, so that your family will want to get involved and stay involved. When we started this church, see, this is what the man of God said when he was preaching. He said, when we started a church, everybody and their mama would come to me and tell me how they thought that we should make this church look. He said, but I had heard from God what God already told me. But because I love people, I was like, okay, we'll try that. Okay, we'll try that. And I began to just run around and nothing was getting done. So finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to prepare this ark, the church, the way God told me to prepare. How many knows that God gave Noah explicit instructions on how to prepare yourself? So, so here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's some crazy idea for you. Maybe a, a crazy revelation for you. For whatever God has told you is coming your way, or told you you are to be doing, there is already in his word a way for you to get prepared for it. He does not leave you alone to figure out how to prepare. He will either show you in his word, or here's a crazy thought. If you would begin to pray and communicate with Jesus, he will tell you. Oh, see, now we get to some really sticky stuff here. Does God talk to people? Honey, darling, young man, if you are not in a position to where you're hearing the voice of God, let's look at what you're doing. Amen. There is a God in heaven who longs to communicate with his people. 
And yes, we have a what the Bible teaches us, a more sure word right here, but we can also have a verbal communication outline way to get to Jesus. Amen. We all agree with that, right? It may not come in the thunderous voice of Danny Walker. I'm not saying that. But there'll be subtle, simple, spiritual pressings and ways that God will communicate to you. Do not, do not lack in this area. Because God did not send Noah an instruction manual. God spoke to Noah and said, this is what you're supposed to do. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you heard the voice of God? Don't tell me. When's the last time you heard the voice of God in your life? I'm not, I'm not coming at you. I'm being honest. I'm challenging you to not, to not let half of your relationship with Jesus be silence. He wants to talk to you. He wants to give you direction. He wants to help you prepare for what God has for you. Now, I know that they didn't, they, they, and, and, and it's okay, sometimes I take liberties up here, but there's a family in our church who is embarking on a new season of their life. And sometimes, sometimes when you go into new seasons, it's hard to figure out how to prepare, especially if a new season seems to come out of nowhere, right? And so you're struggling to figure out how to prepare for this newness, that's when being close to God and hearing his voice pays the most dividends in your life. So that when on the spur of the moment, you can have that connection to where God can tell you, hey, do it this way. Hey, let's, let's, let's try this, okay? Calm yourself. I've got you. Just listen to the still small voice. So, so here we are. Learning that faith helps us to see. And so here's what I like about this verse. It says that God concerning events, he being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, moved in reverent fear as events yet unseen. And then I thought, okay, I'll go to the next slide, yet unseen. That is the very definition of faith, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not yet seen. So the Bible teaches us what faith is, and then it shows us Noah's response to that very thing is prepare, preparation. That's why it's important to prepare for things in your life. When we were thinking, or when we found out we were pregnant, right? Well, not we, she was pregnant. I, was, I didn't have anything. I, didn't, I wasn't pregnant at all. But when we found out she was pregnant, we began to prepare because I'd never been a parent before. And in my mind, I begin to prepare, prepare, prepare. And we're going to look at some things coming up in the next couple weeks where this whole thing of preparing the way, we're going to look at a lot of individuals of this Christmas story. And preparing the way of Jesus, we're going to look at each individual and see how they prepared for the arrival of the King. And I think that we'll learn some incredible things that God wants us to do to prepare for things that are coming our way. I'm not just talking about the coming of Jesus. I'm talking about that blessing God has for you. I'm talking about that ministry God has for you. I'm talking about that marriage God has for you. 
I'm talking about that job God has for you. There is a way to begin preparing yourself and getting prepared for what God has for you, right? And so we're gonna look at this. Keep going. I got a couple little notes. Our faith-filled response to God's word of what's to come is to prepare as though it is coming. Prepare, I wrote this little thing down. This is what I just wrote down. Prepare because God said so, even if it doesn't look so, in order that it may be so. That's faith. That's preparing the way for the thing God told you is coming. I believe there's a revival coming. Now, a lot of people like to take me to the book and the Bible and tell me, well, there's a great falling away according to scriptures. Yes, but I also take you to the scriptures where it says in the end, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Which one are you preparing for? Huh? Which one are you preparing for? Are you living and preparing for the great falling away? Or are you living and preparing for this great revival that we believe is coming? Because I believe it. Either I'm going to believe the Bible or I'm not. Now, there is going to be those who do fall away, but I'm going to prepare for the harvest because I need to get ready. We need to get ready, right? Y'all understand that you come here to get ready. You come here to get ready. You live your life in a way to get ready. Get ready for what? Get ready for the moment that God says, go get it. Get ready for the moment God says it's here, now receive it. Getting ready, get ready, get ready. I believe that the Lord is gonna teach us over the next four weeks, it is your turn to get ready. Don't let Monday show up and you not be ready for it. Amen. Don't let the revival show up and you not be ready for it. Don't let the blessings of God open up over heaven and dump out on your church and you not be ready for it because those who dig the ditches will retain the water that is coming from heaven. If you don't dig no ditch, all the water just going to seep down into the ground. It's going to disappear and you won't ever get any refreshment from it. But God says, tell your people, get ready, get ready, get ready because some Something is coming your way. Anybody want to receive that this morning? Look, I ain't just preaching. This is mixed in with some prophecy to tell you there is something coming and you better get ready for it. You've been praying for revival. It's coming. You've been praying for victory. It's coming. You've been praying for deliverance. It's coming. But are you preparing as though it's on its way? Prepare the way. When, ah, this ain't even in my notes. When Daniel prayed for 21 days, God heard him the first day. And the angel told him, he said, we heard you the first day. It was on its, oh, it was on its way. And the way you stayed in the position to get the answer, even though it was already coming, was getting ready by praying morning, noon, and night, 21 days. Daniel, you stayed prepared even after you knew that you had already been heard. Thank you for preparing the way. I had to fight hell to get to you today. And I believe Daniel understood that the Preparation through prayer is what made the way for that answer to get to him. Somebody better hear this this morning. God says you better get ready because if you ain't ready, it'll go right by you. I, I heard that question in my head all week. And man, over last night, I couldn't go to sleep because God kept asking me, Danny, what are you preparing for? Well, God, I haven't really been preparing for anything. I've just been living life. 
kind of barely staying above the board right now, you know what I'm saying? Going through life's chaos and mess, it kind of just keeps you in this state of just surviving. And But God says, I need you to stop trying to survive. Trust me that I got you and then begin to prepare for the thriving season that's coming. You see, I, I understand that there is a teaching and there is a concept in Christianity of understanding how to suffer well because suffering will come. But I'm also here to tell you that joy is also coming in the morning. There is a blessing that can come your way. There is a way of God to pour out a blessing on you, but you gotta get ready for it. I sound like an old school preacher this morning. I don't know where that came from. Daddy, Daddy got me going this morning. That's what it was. I blame Dad. Because here's, here's what preparation is, right? Preparing the way. Definition of preparation. Go to the next slide. Listen. Preparation. Something done to get ready for an event or undertaking. I read that and I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. And then I flashed back to the banquet in Matthew. Oh, because here's the grand little illustration. Here's what we're going to get to today. And then we're going to move on because I don't want to get ahead of myself because sometimes when I know where God's taking me, I kind of want to jump over there. But there's four weeks coming of this stuff that you're, you don't want to miss a week. It's so good. He says, so, so my mind went to this banquet, right, where he said, hey, I'm going to prepare the dinner. Dinner's going to be prepared. I need your way of preparation is to go get people. You just go get them. That's how you're preparing. He always gives you a way to become part of the story, not just spectators of the blessing. He gives you a part, and your part is preparation for the banquet by going and getting the people. We understand, right? Like, are, we, are we all tracking with me this morning? All right, you're supposed to be going and getting people, go out in the headway, highways and the byways, compel them, drag them. When's the last time you dragged somebody to church? Now, I don't want to see nobody pulling people tied up out of their cars. That, we might get a lot of notoriety, but that's not the type of publicity we need. Dustin, that was for you because you would probably try to do that. So, so he's a literal guy. Like You tell him and he's like, yes, that's what I'll do. I'll tie him up and drag him here. But, but here's, what, here's what we're not going to do. We're not just going to relinquish our obligation of preparation saying, God, you pull him in. Hey, it's like, why are you abnegating your responsibility to me and then trying to present that like you some great faith person? I done told you to go get them. Now, I'm ready to do what I've told you I would do, which is I'm ready to pour my spirit out on all flesh. I'm ready to pour it out, but somebody got to go get them. Lord, just bring them in. They hear you? Try it again. Lord, just bring them in. All right, this ain't working. For some reason, my prayer, I need, to, I need to pray harder, pray better. Let's get some big words. Let's get more people. That's it. More people. Everybody, let's get the whole church to pray. Bring them in. And God's going, I'm not doing that. I've prepared the meal. Oh, somebody, somebody better get this with me. I've done prepared what you're going to need to eat, to sustain, and to grow. So what I need you to do is actually do what I've told you to do. Prepare the way by bringing people to me, okay? Go get them, son. Stop acting like you're some great faith person because you're telling other people you're believing God to do it. I, God will do it. Hey, you know what's crazy? Here's an idea. God gives you the strength to actually go out and do that. 
That's how God does it. God gives you the words to do it. God tells you what to say. God opens the door when you go. God God begins to tenderize the heart so that it can receive the word. God is doing everything else. (laughs) Like all he says for you to do is go get them. But what if they say no? Okay, what if they do? Oh, Lord, and we, we done been talking about seeds. Those who observe the wind do not sow the seed. Those who watch the weather don't do it. Because what if they get mad? What if they tell me to go on somewhere? What if they sick their dog on me? That could happen. We don't know. Okay. Me and EJ were knocking on the doors up there at the apartment complexes. There are a lot of dogs. And there were several times I was knock, knocking, ruff, ruff, and about walked off. Because you don't know what's going to open that door. I was doing a donut sale for my church, and I thought, Lord, going to protect me, right? God, I'm doing church business. Thank you, Jesus. He's going to protect me. I stepped up on a, a porch, literally no higher than this off the ground. I, no lie. That's how high the porch was off the ground. So I had no reason to think there was anything under there. Next thing I know, I knock on the door. I'm holding donuts, and my buddy's beside me. Out comes this huge Rottweiler. Huge Rottweiler. I don't know how he was under there. He must have dug a tunnel under there, right? And out he comes. Everybody else, see, I wasn't prepared. (laughs) I was not prepared. Was not prepared. And if you ain't prepared, you do not stay in a state of preparation, okay? That's the thing. I'm never prepared. So I wasn't ready for this. Out comes this dog, stands up on the porch. My buddies drop their donuts and run. I stand there holding mine like just shocked. Was not ready for that, right? They done in the car. I'm sitting there going, oh, like he's a T-Rex, you know, like, don't move. He won't see you. (laughs) That's not true, okay? A little lesson for you. They see you, okay? Moving or not moving, they see you. And so I, dummy, held my donuts because I was not going to lose the donuts for the Lord. These are the Lord's donuts. No, thank you, right? Smart person would have dropped the donuts, let the dog eat the donuts and ran. Nope, I ran with the donuts and he was chasing me. I'm talking like my mom was in the car. Uh, Was you with us that day? Oh, it was a Cliff and another buddy of mine. I was running around the car, lapping the car. And here's a dog, I'm talking, the dog was on my heels. He did not stop. I, my buddy opens the door for me to jump through the car. As the door opens, I'm about to jump in the car. The owner steps out of the door and yells the dog's name. I don't remember the dog's name. The dog just literally stopped. Cold turkey, as soon as he heard his voice, done. I was like, where you been? You sleeping in there? Like, (laughs) I was screaming loud enough for you to hear me, okay? But I, hey, I was going out, but that scared the crap out of me. I wasn't ready for, I was not prepared for that dog. Stay in a place of constant preparation. And if you stay in a place of constant preparation, when things like that happen, you'll be ready for them. Stay ready. Don't just get ready. Stay ready, right? Don't just get ready. Stay ready. And so we're going to hear that God, next slide, God is a God of preparation. See, this is why we're supposed to be preparing, because we're supposed to be transformed into the image of God on a daily basis. And so I'm going to show you some scriptures that prove to you the point that God is a God of preparation. He doesn't just think of something and do it on the spur of the moment. God has known the end from the beginning, from the beginning, right? Here's some scripture for you. Go to the next slide for me. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has... All right, we're, we're going to get there before this next one's over. 
what God has for those who love him. Mm. God's already prepared a bunch of stuff for you. Y'all understand that, right? Like we, we ain't waiting on Jesus to get something ready. Y'all realize that, right? Like everyone understands that you're not in a state, you're never in a state of waiting on Jesus. Jesus is always waiting on you, right? right. Next slide. For we know his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God beforehand that we should walk in them. God, you see all these good things God wants you to do. He already prepared a way for you to do them. He already prepared your good works for you. Now you need to prepare yourself for the good works. Amen. You need to get ready, get ready. You need to get yourself ready for what God has called you to do because he's already done his job. It's already done. My dad was called to be an evangelist and he was evangelized the entire eastern coast region, southeast region of the Amer America. I don't, I'm stumbling, sorry. Over in the United States. <laughs> and for that great mission that God called him for, my dad had to prepare himself. You know how he prepared? I've told y'all this. You go in his room, open up his nightstand. You'll find bunches of one subject notebooks where all my dad has done is read and write the Bible out. That's how he prepared himself. God prepared the, God prepared the mission. God prepared the way. Now dad got to prepare himself. What do you prepare for? Next slide. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. You see, you see, he's not waiting for you to get there to get that place ready, right? He said, I'm going, but I'm going to prepare for you a place. And I'm coming back. See, see that's, the, that's our preparation part, right? That's our preparation. He went to prepare a place told us he's coming back. Now in the meantime, between him leaving and preparing and coming, we have a preparation process as well to match his preparation, right? We're working together. Next slide. We should be people of preparation. <laughs> God says, yes, I go away, but I am going to prepare a place for you that when I come again, I will receive you to myself. And in that receiving, we're going to the place I've prepared. Amen. You know, preparation for humans, for myself anyways, um, because I'm an unprepared person, um, preparation is hard, right? We, we was getting ready for um, holiday season, and thank God we don't ever have holidays at our house. We go to other people's house. But in, under the understanding that people are coming to your house, you embark on this preparation journey, most of the time set out by the woman of the home. And she says, we got to get the house ready. I was like, well, wait a minute. Did, did somebody blow holes in the wall? Did the roof fall off? Because I'm pretty sure there's still walls and a roof and we're inside. I don't, we're we're going to be pretty good. And she's like, no. We got to clean the house. We got to prepare the house. And I immediately don't listen, right? I just zone out because I know what that means. It means 
bunches of work. Because when you're getting ready for someone to come over on holidays, you ain't just cleaning your house like you usually clean your house. At least it wasn't that way in my home. Well, Shelly may because she's, she cleans her house like that every day. Okay, her house is always holiday ready. Okay, my house is always ready, but it's never holiday ready, ever. Okay, never. We'll let you in, and you can come on in, and you can see that our house is lived in. My sister's house, you would think it was just set up for, for realtor pictures all the time. You know, like somebody's coming today to take pictures. <laughs> like, let's don't walk on the carpet, you know, let's be careful here. So, but preparation is hard because it takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And so understand this, we're to be people of preparation. What does that mean? We're supposed to be people of working, people that are constantly working for what's coming. We don't have the luxury of taking days off in the kingdom. We don't have the luxury of having sick days in the kingdom. You must constantly be preparing for what God is ready to do. Have y'all ever been the person who has your stuff done and you're just waiting on someone else to get something done so that your stuff can go into its place? Anybody been like that? And you just get, you're just like this. Man, if they would just get their stuff together, if they could just get it done, get it done. Then, then we can, then I'll just, boom, there it is. And it's going to be so fun. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. God's like that right now. He's like, man, I got, I got all these things ready. I've prepared beforehand all these good works that I'm ready for, you know, for, for Josh and Jackie to do. And I got all this stuff ready for Stan and Amy. And I got blessings. I'm, I'm kind of waiting. If they would, I'm just waiting, get it prepared, get ready, get ready, get ready. And then, then you're, you're just, he's like, well, why are we not doing anything, guys? He's like Abundant Life Fellowship. I got, a, I got a flood of people that's ready to hear the gospel, but you're not ready for the flood. I got a flood of people. I've told you I wanted you to plant the church. I've told you where to plant it. I've told you I'm gonna do something. It's coming. The flood is coming, but you've not built the ark. I can't. I can't send the flood if you don't build the ark. Because if I just flood now, you're going to drown. Oh, come on, somebody. That's why it was 100 years, right? 500 years old when he started, 600 years when it finished. There was 100 years preparation, and God was like, he could have sent the rain at any point, but he knew I have to wait till the ark's done, and humanity can only do so much. But I've told him what to do. I'm going to wait till they do it, and when it's done, I'm going to send the flood. Get ready for what's coming. God's like holding back the flood of blessings and victory and hope in your life. All he's waiting on is for you to get the dang ark done. Right? So what are you preparing for? How's I got, I'm ready, but you're not. I'm ready, but you're not. God, help us get ready, please. He even instituted, more about preparation, he even instituted in his culture, the Jewish customs, 
a day of preparation. Right, when you, when you, when you read in scripture, go to the next slide, Caleb. Matthew chapter 15, verse 42 says, and when evening had come, since it was the day of, that is the day before the Sabbath. The day before, the day God instituted to be the day of rest and recovery and blessing in your life, there was a day of preparation. I mean, think about that. Not only is God a God of preparation, he said, I need to make sure I institute something in the culture that makes sure they also understand the value of preparation. That you don't go into the Sabbath not ready. Because the Sabbath was a big deal. You had, you cleaned everything out. You got ready for the Sabbath. You cooked meals for the family. It was a big deal. It was almost like a a mini holiday every week. And so God says, all right, look, I got got seven days here. On that seventh day, we're going to do it this way. But I need that sixth day for you to understand that's the day of your preparation. Work the other days, five days. Spend that sixth day getting ready for the seventh day. Spend that sixth day getting ready for what I've installed as a day of blessing and rest. Get ready for it. Let me ask you a question. What is your preparation like for Sundays? Well, I don't preach. I didn't ask you to preach. I'm asking you, what is your preparation like for Sundays? Do you get ready to come into this house to worship, to praise God, to engage, to, 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 to be part of the body? Or does Sunday show up and your Sundays are like my Mondays? Oh, it's Sunday? Are we going? Are we going to church? Then you take a poll from the family, right? Everybody, are we going? Then you make your last second decision. You get dressed, you hurry up. You wind up being frustrated because you're rushing. You're rushing, you're rushing. And then you gotta rush your kids who God knows they don't get in any hurry. So then you wind up fighting and arguing with them. And then by the time you get to church, you just don't want, you want to go back home because you didn't even prepare for today. The day that God set in order, a day for fellow believers to come together, join their faith, join their songs, worship the King of Kings, learn about him, equip themselves, empower themselves, grow in the word. You wasted an opportunity because you didn't prepare for today. You wasn't ready. So if you can't even get ready for a Sunday morning service, what makes you think God thinks you're ready to receive everything he wants to lay out there for you? That's a hard lesson. I'm sorry some of this comes off hard. But at the same time, at some point, we got to challenge ourselves to get better. At some point, I got to quit looking at my wife on Monday mornings and going, next week this ain't happening. We're going to be more prepared people. I told her the first year she laughs at me about this. I told her at the beginning of our kids' school year, right? I said, we're not going to be the same parents we were last year where we were rushing to get them to school. Sometimes they were late. You know, a lot of times they were late. You know, they didn't have their binders. They didn't have their backpacks half the time. And then I like to blame them for it. You know, like, you should have got your own backpack. It's your backpack. He's 10. She's seven, right? Okay. At some point, it's my fault as the parent to not have everything ready, right? I looked at her and I said, we're not going to do that this year. Well, it's Christmas vacation, and we are still those people. My son went three days to school last week without his binder. You know how many days he went to school last week? Three days. 
<laughs> and every morning I said, you're going to have it tomorrow. I'm going to put it by the door. Nope, didn't do it, right? And so at some point, you have to stop. You have to get to the point to where when you leave church and you feel like you missed out on everything, you're like, I, just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't come in expecting. I didn't come in with a hope. I didn't come in with excitement. I didn't come in with a, with a spirit about me of, I get to go to church this morning. I get to worship the King of Kings. I get to sing these songs and I get to join with other believers and saying, we have found the hope. We have found the Christ and he has blessed me and I am thankful and grateful. I wanna thank you. No, no, we didn't enter in today like that because we weren't ready. We weren't ready. And so it's time for us to be ready. So ask yourself, how do you, how do you get ready? And this is where we're going to finish. Come on up, Joshua, when I'm done. And this is why God's led me this direction. You see those doomsday preppers? They get ready out of fear. They prepare out of fear of what the worst case scenario would be. I'm going to be ready if all hell breaks loose. And they prepare out of fear based on a concept of something that may happen. But I'm reminded in my word that the word of God and the promises of God are yes and amen. Now, now hang on. Let me, let, me, let me extrapolate that just a little bit for you, right? We like to teach that in almost this uncomprehended way of the promises of God, they're yes and amen. Like the promises are yes and amen. No, 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 no. The promises are promises of God. They, they are forever going to be what they are. But the yes and amen part is for us. That to the believer, when we read a promise of God, we're like, yes, that is so. And a man, let it be so. Like, you understand, right? So, so this scripture is not saying we look at the promises as God saying yes and amen. Like God says yes and amen. No, no, no. God gives us a promise. And the promises are supposed to be to the believer a simple, yes, God said it, so let it be so. Yes, God said it, so let it be so. Yes, God said it. I'm going to prepare as though it is so. I'm going to prepare for what God said as though it is an absolute certainty it's happening. And so, go two slides, I believe, Caleb. And so when I read this passage, it is in the middle of this book called Isaiah. And you'll find a lot of messianic prophecy in this book. The foretelling of the coming of the baby Jesus, the great Messiah. That's where we get mighty counselor, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father, right? And, and so he's trying to tell us the people that's something they've never seen before. A virgin give birth to a little baby that would be able to take away the sin of the world. I don't know why I've never seen that. That doesn't make sense. But the prophet is doing his dead level best to prepare the people for what's to come. And 
a voice cries in the wilderness, Isaiah 40, 30, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Understand the symbolism here that he's trying to teach us. The world is the dry and thirsty desert land that has not received the water of the Spirit of God so it is barren. He says, I need you to prepare the way. And in order for you to do that, I need you to go into the desert and make a path. Make a path with your word. Speak and let the, the, the word of God land and clear out the way so that he can come. And so the Old Testament principle is prepare the way for the thing you haven't seen and it's gonna be the birth of the Messiah. Now, the church, I need you to declare that there is coming a kingdom. And, and, and if we lean in to the, the, the prayer that the Lord taught the disciples to pray, He said, pray that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. Here, here the kingdom can be presented and here the kingdom can come now if the children of God will prepare the way for the kingdom. And so, and so what I'm asking you to do is to understand that there is power in your preparation and that God is calling us to prepare the way, not just for the second coming of Jesus, declaring the truth and telling the world, there is a day coming when all of the world will bow at the feet of this incredible King named Jesus. Absolutely, don't stop sharing that. But on a micro level, what has been declared over your house? What has been declared over you? What has been spoken over your marriage? What has been spoken over your family? What has been spoken over this church? We have to prepare and make way for that to come. It's not just going to show up. I know in my heart right now, the Lord is telling me that some people in this room have been praying so hard for something. And all God wants me to ask you is this. Are you preparing for that? Are you preparing for that? A guy that I listen to, his name's Manny. Manny Arango, he, he does these classes. Him and his wife suffered with infertility. But they went back to scripture, Genesis, where it says that the Lord told Adam and Eve, to go and subdue the land, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion over the land. That there was a command, oh gosh, help me get this across. That there was a command from the beginning of time that God spoke to humanity and said, go, be fruitful, multiply in this land. And the enemy has attacked women and couples around the world with infertility and this inability to get pregnant. And so here's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want, but listen to me. They went back to the word and said, okay, God, you said this, you did. And we are aligning our life with this. And what we're gonna do, we're gonna live as though your promise is gonna come true in my life. What did they do? He gives his testimony. He says, we went and bought a crib. 
began putting it together. We went and got paint, painted the nursery, decorated the nursery. We weren't pregnant yet, but we knew that God said it. And if God said it, it can be done. It was up to us to prepare as though it was going to happen. And so in the next series, when I was watching him, he comes out on the screen and he's holding this one-month-old baby. He said, this is the newest addition to the Arango family. We did everything. We went to clinics. We went to all of these, spent thousands of dollars. Reminded me of the woman with the issue of blood who went to every physician and tried to figure it out, right? And so he said, but the Lord kept telling me, did I say it? Did I say it? He said, yeah, you did, Lord. He said, then prepare as though it's coming. He said, so we begin to prepare. He said, yes, in the back of our mind, there was a little bit of like, well, what if we buy all this stuff and it doesn't work? Because see, preparation out of faith doesn't mean that you don't still have concerns and questions and doubts as a human. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't obliterate those things. But preparing helps you to stay in the right place, right? Because if you stop preparing, then you start listening. And then you begin to listen to all the questions, all oh, Holy Spirit. Then you begin to hear all of the doubts and all of the concerns and all of these what ifs. And if you're not tangibly putting your hands on something and working towards it, reminding yourself, no, I'm working because God said it and I'm going to keep preparing. But the moment you lay down your preparation, then the devil can come in with confusion. And then you'll look at the what you started preparing and go, wait, I don't need, no, what if, what if, what if? Keep your hands on the pile. And hold on to that thing. Even if while you're plowing, you hit rocky ground. Keep pushing the plow, saying, I don't care. God told me to plant here. And if the ground is covered with rock, then the rock's got to go. Oh, then the rock's got to come out. That rock may be there, but if God told you to plant there, that rock can come up. You understand me? What God said can be done, no matter what you encounter, God knows that that thing can come out of there. But why you don't understand? God told me that I can have a hopeful family, a good family. Rocky ground, the children won't listen. Rocky ground, they're lost and unsaved. Rocky ground, they won't have pay attention. I don't care. If God said it, it'll happen. Keep plowing until the rock comes out. But you don't understand. God said he wants you to have life and life to the full and that you may abound in all the things that God has for you. But then you run into a rock of depression and anxiety and upset and frustration. Keep digging. Keep preparing. That rock's got to come out because if God said it, it'll come out. Come on, somebody. I don't care. But God said I could have a good marriage. God said I put you two together but we've run in to this thing over and over and over I don't care keep digging because that rock is coming out because God said prepare the way prepare the way get ready get ready get ready and if it means digging until your arms fall off dig because the rock's coming out prepare the way. Prepare.
the way. All I am this morning is the voice telling you, prepare for what's coming. There is power in your preparation. So today, I don't know what you have that you've been praying for. I don't know what God has spoken over your life and the enemy has tried his best to unseed that seed. Keep preparing. It's coming. That's all all the Lord wanted me to tell you this morning. It's coming. Your family member you want in church, it's coming. The marriage you want, it's coming. The family you want, it's coming. The restoration you need, it's coming. The victory over depression, anxiety, addiction, it's coming. It, 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 God has it. He, he's, he's holding it in his hands. He said, I have for you and want to give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Like, I, I'm ready. Just keep preparing. Even when you don't see the rain that God told you was coming. A hundred years Noah worked on that boat, building the ark for a hundred years. And for a hundred years, he didn't see a drop of rain. It wasn't like God gave a little bit of showers to say, oh, that's what it is, but it's going to be bigger. There was no rain. None. The only thing he had was the rain of booze and making fun of him from the crowd. That's the only thing that was showered over him for a hundred years. But Noah said, no, 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 no. God said it. And I've not seen it, but I'm still going to prepare because it's coming. So don't let, don't let the, the lack of rain yet convince you to stop. Because God told me to tell you this morning, I'm speaking directly to someone in this room. The rain is about to start. And when God does what he did to Noah, you read in Genesis that when Noah stepped onto the ark, God shut him in. What he prepared, listen to me, this is where we're going to finish. What he prepared was the very thing that saved him. What are you preparing?
Absolutely. What I want to do is, um, Dustin, if you guys will come up here, we're going to pray for you guys. Guys, if you would, let's gather around and pray for these people. Can, honey, if you come up here, please. If you'll pray for Katie, I want to lay hands on them. Let's pray, guys. Father God, in the name of Jesus, <clears throat> so thankful for who you are and what you're doing in this family's life. God, I just ask right now that you would continue to strengthen their inner being their inner man, God, that they would stay committed to the process of preparation for what you do have for them. The enemy tries his best to step in and steal that confidence, to step in and take away our hope. But God, our hope is founded in our preparation. We may not feel it all the time, but the fact that we stay faithful to preparing for what you said, it shouts the loudest not our worries, not our mental state, but the fact that we keep working and keep pressing, keep digging, keep preparing, even in the moments of insecurities and doubt and questions and anxiety and depression. The fact that we keep preparing is what shouts to the heavens. We are faith-filled that God will bring this to pass and we're gonna show it by our preparation. God, I pray right now that there'd be peace in their home. God, that there would be such a love that is in their home. That love would birth the presence and the power in their home. Father, I pray today that today is the day when the rain begins to pour. Open up the heavens. Pour out a blessing. God, and help them to maintain their posture of preparation in this season. God, and we do agree together as a family. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen.